Hi. As I said in my last episode, I'm completely cooperating with the lockdown in the UK and a bit of research I did a couple of weeks ago leaves me with many more questions and answers about this disease. I did a bit of number crunching using the worldometers.info website, which charts global figures for coronavirus. From looking at that chart two weeks ago, coronavirus seemed to be predominantly a disease of Western-style developed countries. But is that just due to the way that the figures are reported? And on that point, Worldometers has changed some of the categories in their charts since then, so this is a very fluctuating picture. Are we still at the early stages of this new disease? And is it possible that it could still sweep through the less developed countries with devastating effects? Has this pandemic been completely overhyped? Or, on the other hand, is it mutating? Is there a much more dangerous strain emerging? It's so difficult to know at this stage, but while these emergency conditions are in place, I think it's important to ensure that this very unusual situation is not open to political abuse. One of the abuses I'm thinking of here is censorship. Of course there are wild conspiracy theories going around. Some people don't even think that the virus exists at all. But if people are prevented from discussing these theories, the theories just go underground where they tend to flourish as people are pushed into enclosed bubbles. It's when ideas are freely freely shared and allowed to see the light of day that everyone gets the chance to look at things in a different way. And of course, one person's conspiracy theory is another person's truth. In the last episode, I mentioned that I'd been banned from commenting on YouTube for 24 hours after I tried to post a comment about writing to my MP. Well, I got banned again, this time for making a friendly chatty comment in support of public libraries on a YouTube channel where a book is being read that discusses public libraries. I won't read the comment here, but I'll include a text of both comments that got me banned from commenting on my website at imaginingfreedom.co.uk. YouTube gave me no explanation as to why my comments were deemed worthy of censorship. The decision would have been made by algorithms. YouTube recently made a statement saying that it would be relying more on AI or artificial intelligence to moderate videos due to more of its staff being at home during the coronavirus emergency. The last time I was banned from making comments on YouTube, it lasted for 24 hours. During that time, I was unable to make a comment on a video about snowshoeing, saying how nice crunchy snow is to walk on, or about how good the graphics were on a video about outdoor activities. I don't know how long this ban will last. But there was a much more dramatic incident of YouTube censorship last week, and it really made me think about how banning something can actually make it more appealing in many ways. Many of you will have heard about this because the case even hit the mainstream news news headlines and it was on the front page of BBC News Online. It was an interview with David Icke on the London Real channel. London Real is a hugely popular YouTube channel run by a man called Brian Rose and it's been going for 11 years. This isn't the first time they've interviewed David Icke. They interviewed him a few weeks earlier and according to Brian Rose that was the show's most popular interview ever with more than 5 million views. David Icke is well known for being a conspiracy theorist who believes that the Queen is a lizard. He rose to fame as a footballer in the late 1960s and early 70s, and he subsequently became a household name as a sports presenter for the BBC. He was also a leading spokesman for the, the Green Party at one point, 
Then he went through a spiritual transformation, took to the colour turquoise and said some very bizarre things. It's interesting that at that time when he was a national laughing stock, David Icke was a welcome guest on TV. There was a very famous interview with him in the, in the early 1990s on Terry Wogan's primetime evening show that was watched by millions. Over the years, David Icke wrote several books, and I remember flicking through one of them in 19, 1998 in a bookshop called Autikers. The blurb on the back cover said something about the royal family and a secretive international elite, and it drew my attention. There were a few small handwritten personal reviews by staff members alongside some of the books. And the one next to this book said something along the lines of, this is a fascinating book that could change the way you think forever. Forget what you've heard about David Icke and give it a read. You could be surprised. And that was it. I decided to buy it. I was fascinated. I didn't agree with everything he said, but in some ways he seemed to be onto something. I bought another of his, his books. And then the biggest secret came out, which was the book where he introduced the idea of reptilians. For a while, I really tried to su suspend disbelief and just consider that it might hold some kind of truth. But I ended up almost collapsing in hysterics because the whole thing seemed so ridiculous. I was almost rolling on the floor laughing. That was the last David Icke book I ever read. But I don't like to dismiss him. I think he's an incredibly powerful, almost mesmeric speaker. I tend to think he's someone who takes other people's ideas and doesn't give them enough scrutiny. That's why some of the things he talks about seem to be really fascinating, while others just seem batshit crazy. And this is my opinion, of course. As an example, when I first read that David Icke book back in 1998, I remember him warning of the dangers of the coming cashless society. At the time, it seemed such a bizarre thing to get worried about, but now I realise that he had a point. I've recently read books by mainstream journalists warning about the dangers if society goes completely cashless. I'll talk about this more in a future episode. It has nothing to do with lizards, and there are very serious implications if the banks have total control over our spending, just as Ike warned more than 10, 20 years ago. So when I heard that London Real was to interview David Ike, I decided to tune in. They don't have a particular interest in talking to conspiracy theorists. They interview a wide range of people from all walks of life. I started watching the David Icke interview a couple of hours after it had been premiered. For the first 20 minutes, I was not impressed. Icke was talking about the science behind coronavirus in a way that seemed confusing and unreliable, in my opinion. He said that he got his information from a doctor, but I personally didn't think that it held water. In fact, I started shouting at the screen, saying, this is nonsense, and this is not just pseudoscience, it's pseudo-pseudo-pseudoscience. After about 20 minutes, David started to discuss other aspects of the pandemic, including the number of elderly people who'd had do-not-resuscitate instructions on their beds as soon as they were hospitalised. I'd heard something about this before, and it really disturbed me. I was quite busy at the time trying to do other things as I watched. So I decided to turn off the interview for 10 minutes, get everything sorted out, and then relax and watch the rest of the interview on my tablet. Once I'd got everything sorted out, I sat down with my tablet, but I couldn't find the interview that I'd been watching 15 minutes earlier. There were short excerpts from it, but not the whole thing. I looked on the London Real YouTube channel, and there was a video there titled, David Icke Interview Band, Watch It On Our Website Instead. 
but the sound in that video had been muted, either due to a technological problem or the algorithms had been triggered again. The effect of this was to make me really keen to hear the rest of what David Icke had been saying, even though I'd been shouting at the computer screen, saying that what he was saying was nonsense just half an hour earlier. I started to think, what can he be saying that is so contentious? I felt that I really had to know. So, even though I didn't only intended to watch the hour-long version on YouTube, in the end I watched the entire two-and-a-half-hour interview on the website of London Real TV, which I probably wouldn't have done if the YouTube version hadn't been banned. It seemed that the main reason for the ban was that David Icke had discussed 5G in the interview. I don't remember him ever saying that a coronavirus could be caused by 5G, but he did seem to be saying that there might be an indirect link between the two. A day or two before this, I'd heard the story about a 5G mast having been set on fire in Birmingham. In fact, there was no proof that this had been done by anti-5G campaigners anyway. It could have been a lightning strike for, for all we know. I hadn't given that story much attention at the time because the idea that 5G might be causing coronavirus seemed to me to be so ludicrous that I just didn't give it much thought. But when I heard about the David Icke interview being banned, and especially when I heard about the story being on the front page of the BBC online, I thought, hold on a minute, maybe there's something in this. And I gave it a lot more attention than I would otherwise have done. I've never been keen on 5G anyway because I don't feel that I need it. And I tend to think that electromagnetic radiation should be used carefully and sparingly. I'm definitely against the idea that 5G should be beamed down at every bit of the entire planet. People should be able to choose whether to be subjected to 5G or not, particularly as some people have a very bad reaction to any type of electromagnetic radiation. But never at any point did I think it had any connection with coronavirus. In the London Real interview, David Icke seemed to be suggesting that there could be a more indirect connection between coronavirus and 5G. I won't go into the details, but it did make me think. And I probably wouldn't have thought much about it if the whole thing had not been so publicly censored. The BBC were happy to have David Icke interviewed on primetime TV way back in the early 90s when he was talking nonsense and wearing turquoise. And it was apparently the BBC that contacted YouTube after the interview was premiered and questioned why it was allowed to go ahead, after which YouTube deleted it. So it seems that the BBC now take David Icke very seriously. To me, this issue is not about whether David Icke is talking nonsense or not. It's the attitude that assumes that the masses do not have the critical ability to decide for ourselves what we want to believe. It's as if we're all children who have to be protected from potentially dangerous ideas. And in fact, that is a relatively positive way to look at this. Something much more sinister could be going on. The biggest threats to propaganda and indoctrination are ideas and free thinking. That's why tyr tyrannical regimes use censorship to ban books, newspapers and websites. I remember in 1982 listening to a news report about the probable death of Leonid Brezhnev, who was the leader of the Soviet Union. The report said that Soviet television channels had been broadcasting wildlife documentaries and classical music, and it was thought that that was probably because Brezhnev had died. At the time, I thought, those poor people, they're not even allowed to know whether their leader is alive or dead. It seemed almost comical. 
I could just picture people in dingy apartments staring blankly at TV screens showing gazelles bounding over the Russian steppes. But this memory often haunts me now because it seems that the so-called free world is slipping into that kind of situation where a government-funded broadcasting corporation calls for a video to be deleted as soon as it appears because it features a man not calling for revolution or beheadings but talking about supposedly daft ideas. And that's the situation that we find ourselves in today. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please subscribe so that you'll always be notified of new episodes. And feel free to comment at imaginingfreedom.co.uk. Thanks for listening.